So welcome to the Green Element podcast, Nigel and Matthew. Now, this is a bit of a um, different podcast because we have a cafe bistro owner, Nigel, who has been helped by Matthew, a director of Sea Sustainability Consultancy, on trying to reduce the cafe bistro's environmental impacts. Uh, I'm really looking forward to understanding more about what it is that you guys have done together and how you've worked together on reducing your environmental impact. And I guess to start off with, it would be great if you could introduce us to um, Institution is the name of the Cafe Bistro and introduce us to what sort of what sort of hospitality you do, how many covers, you know, across how many floors. And so we understand a, more of an understanding about your business. And then we could speak to Matthew and just ask, how his business fits in with businesses like yours? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, we have this uh, we have this uh, cafe in a very old building in a market town in North Yorkshire. The town is Beedale. Uh, the cafe is called Institution. We have approximately seventy two covers, uh, seventy two customer seats. And that's uh, that's spread across three different floors, but within that space, it's subdivided into uh, a private dining area. There's a gin lounge, a private reading room. So we try and create spaces for people that, depending on how they're feeling on any particular day or, or what level of hospitality they want, so whether it's lunch or just coffee and cake or meeting for a few friends and a, and a, and a glass of Prosecco in the afternoon, uh, we try and cover all those bases. Um, that, that's essentially our makeup. Um, and, and we just try and be a little bit different from the competition, keep ourselves ahead of the game, look at what's happening in, uh, in, in the more metropolitan areas, bearing in mind we're in a, in a market town, uh, and, 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 and make sure we, we're still delivering what, what people really want. Brilliant. I really want to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> too far away at the moment in Edinburgh. Um, and Matthew, so where did you fit into this? How did you come across Nigel and what's, um, how, you know, where do you fit into his plans? Uh, so I'm, uh, I run a, a sustainability consultancy and part of it is helping small and medium-sized businesses to really have a think about their, uh, their impact environmentally and socially, but also considering financial uh, sustainability. So it's trying to take some of the, the global issues and the global goals as set out by the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals uh, and translating them into practical bits of advice and uh, ways to change business models so that actually small and medium-sized businesses can play their part in, in, in the overall global picture. So, for example, um, uh, UN SDG 12 looks at sustainable consumption and 12.3 specifically looks at waste uh, and, and food waste and the goal is to reduce this by 50 percent uh, by 2030 and actually this is going to be a huge push and, and many initiatives are going to come out of this and it's trying to help um, cafes and restaurants and bistros to understand that they are actually part of that bigger picture and if each one was able to reduce its its food waste by 50 percent that actually on a global scale this would uh, achieve great results Brilliant. And Nigel, did you understand what the SDGs were before you met Matthew or was it something that you're starting to learn about? No, no, I have no no real awareness of it uh, other than than I, I guess what the, the general layman does uh, does have. And it was only through Matthew that um, I, and I think his, his clear uh, way of, 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 of put it, putting the message across um, that we became a little bit more sort of involved and, and, and actually thought, well, 
you know, if you know, if we're doing our bit and we can get somebody else to do their bit, um, we come back to that aggregation of marginal gains. To to quote that famous Dave Brailsford uh, saying that all of these sort of component parts, everybody achieving a little bit, makes it makes a big big difference. And and it was Matthew that really, a through his enthusiasm and his his energy with it, but also his very sort of uh, smooth communication and and being able to talk to a business and pull those right triggers. So talk about, well, look, you know, this will impact on your bottom line in a positive way. Things that, as a business, we want to hear. And do you think understanding the SDGs and um, being more au fait with them has helped you as a business and conversely also helped you as a, you know, as a person um, being more environmental? Uh, without a shadow of a doubt, I think firstly, as a business, we we're able to very easily uh, to sell that to the rest of the people who work with us, you know, to the rest of our team, and uh, get them on board. Uh, that that was remarkably simple, and and I was very pleasantly surprised at how 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 that went. But it, it, you find it rolls on into your private life, uh, into your personal life, quite seamlessly. You know, you find you yourself being so much more aware at home uh, about how you're disposing of things, about what you're buying. Uh, do I really need to, to, do I need to buy all this, all the, all these items with all this packaging? You know, um, there might not be too much you can do about it initially, but what you are doing is you're registering, uh, your awareness is increasing all the time. Um, so yeah, the business and the, and, and the personal side go hand in glove, really. And I think that's really important, isn't it? Because too many of us in our work lives have, and we, I mean, we see this a lot is um, people almost separate themselves and go, yeah, we're absolutely recycling. We're doing everything at home. And then they get to work and almost everything just disappears out of the, out of the door or the window. It's, and they become a different non-environmental person. <laughs> I, th- I think some of it's about responsibilities so that, there's some of it seems to be almost devolved, devolved personal responsibilities so that actually when I'm at work, I don't need to think about these things. Um, it should be work that does it. But of course, they then forget that they are the member of staff who um, is placing that you know, item of waste in you know, the wrong bin or not segregating. Um, and it's, how you, it's partly trying to work out how to um, have this sort of you know the enthusiasm and the ability that people uh, do at home to recycle and transferring that into work or waste reduction or um, if you're the boss of uh, a small business actually you know how it, how the waste bills are going to impact on your bottom line but a member of staff might not recognise that if they you know dispose of food waste in the general waste bin that actually there's a financial cost to the business from doing that yeah and so. I think- Sorry, Nigel, go ahead. Uh, just to add to that, if I may, I think it's also worth, um, I, was, I was really pleasantly surprised when I, when I sort of, after my, 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 my uh, initial chat with Matthew, uh, the following morning saying to the guys, right, this is it, this is going to happen. I, I thought I might come up against, uh, you know, a couple of brick walls, maybe the odd black knight. Uh, but actually, my team of, of young people that I, that I work with were so enthusiastic it was an absolute joy that you know there was a bit of a yay we're saving the planet moment but they 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 grabbed it by the horns they they were making little notices about what bins were we were sorting out for this where can we put that what do you want to do with this uh and that really built the momentum to to get things going and 
engage, getting these people on board was critical uh, to, 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 to making this happen um, because you've got to rely on those people to do their job. You can't be on top of them 24-7. Uh, and and um, it, it was such a pleasant surprise. Uh, I think because um, there's so much more awareness around in the younger generations nowadays that um, they're, they're very on board. They're very easy to convince that this is the right thing to do. And when did you start this campaign? Uh, so we've probably been going about three or four months, I would imagine now, uh, with a, you know, with real sort of uh, uh, energy. And we've not taken our foot off the pedal at all. We, you know, we're we're looking for more and more opportunities um, as as we become. Uh, we, we, we settle in and we bed in with a particular process. We're saying, right, what else can we do? What else can we do? Um, I mean, we, there are factors that limit us and, and can on occasions frustrate us. Uh, but um, whatever, whenever we spot an opportunity, we'll, you know, we'll grab it. And how do you continue to engage your staff? And um, I'm going to go on to customers in a bit, but initially I just, I'm really interested in listening to how you engage, keep on engaging your staff. I think it really, it's, it, we're just constantly talking about it. You know, I give them feedback. Um, and if I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy to, to declare some numbers here. And it, again, it was Matthew that sort of said, have you, have you thought about the impact on your bottom line here? Um, very quickly, and I'm, I'm talking within the period of one, one month, six weeks, we were able to reduce our commercial waste bill by 50%. Uh, right. That's, that's how dramatic... Uh, it was on the bottom line. And uh, again, in terms of numbers, we were paying around about £1,000 a year in just commercial waste collection. That's already reduced uh, to, to around about £500. Uh, feeding that information back to the guys uh, and say, telling them, look, we've saved ourselves £500, telling them the actual results rather than just keeping them in the dark about it helps to engage them, helps to keep them signed up and, uh, and, and committed to, to, to what we're doing. Brilliant. And do you, um, ha- your, st- your, your um, customers, and how much of an impact has it had on them? And the, uh, recycling, is it easier? Is it, um, or is it what, you, what they purchase off you? The... Um, there are always challenges around in the food industry anyway with, um, with recycling. There is so much packaging in the supply chain, uh, frustratingly so. Um, but, there are, you know, you've got to understand that further down that supply chain, they've got regulation, environmental health and hygiene regulations that are tying their hands that they must meet to, you know, to make sure they're, they're, they're conforming with certain standards. What we've done on the customer front, we've, we've used social media a little bit to A, shout about what we're doing, uh, but B, we've also, we're using some of our customers to help us in our recycling. So we also, as well as our, our, our general waste, um, a large component, uh, and this is just one example, is, is our coffee grounds. Um, we generate a lot of coffee ground waste. Uh, and this is, uh, I don't claim to, to, to be the first on this. I believe Starbucks have been doing this for a number of years. But we put a Facebook post out there saying, if anybody's interested, gardeners particularly, in taking on some of these coffee grounds off our hands, um, 
and we showed them what can be done with it. We we linked them to to, to various web information about um, incorporating coffee grounds into their into their uh, um, composting can introduce extra nitrogen into their soil. How it can help deal with pests and uh, and uh, uh, slugs and that sort of thing around their uh, around their gardens. Uh, and now we have managed to reduce our waste further because we've got customers who, who, who message us on Facebook and say, you know, I've got an allotment, I've got a small garden, can I come and get some grounds? And we use the same bags that the beans come in to repackage the grounds. Uh, and it, it, it's no trouble at all. But because the grounds are so voluminous, you'll appreciate that that now isn't going into our general waste either. And we're, we're, we're and, and so it, it makes us feel good about being able to pass them on to somebody else. We know they're getting re reused uh, in, a, in a different form. And we, we've got probably a good dozen or so customers who come regularly and, uh, and, and, and collect those coffee grounds off us as well. And suppliers, they are going to be a big part of this, aren't they? Are you finding, um, I guess this isn't necessarily around the waste reduction that we're currently talking about, but over the years, have you noticed a difference in suppliers and the relationship you have or and what they're sending to you? Do you think they're understanding the bigger picture? Uh, as I said earlier, I think they, they are aware of it, um, but I suspect in some areas their hands are tied. Uh, the practicalities of, of moving perishable goods um, you know, until until solutions are, are found to those, uh, I'm not sure what the and that comes the down the, down, uh, the problem with that is because businesses like mine need products in volumes that you wouldn't necessarily see on a domestic level. So when you and I go to the supermarket, you know, we can or, or to your grocer or whatever, we can pick, you know, one loaf of bread. Uh, and that impact is is quite negligible. When I'm doing it for the cafe, I'm buying in 20 or 30, or I'm buying in eight kilos of tomatoes and things like that. Now, we're trying to address it in certain ways by using local uh, suppliers where we can. So we have a couple of local allotment suppliers, oddly enough, who, who are giving us a few products uh, because they, they, they produce on a, on, a, on a level that they can't use domestically, and they're happy to, to offload them to us. We use local markets, which, yeah, I mean, it's a great benefit to that. You know, we, it helps us with season. So we're in North Yorkshire. We've got a glut of rhubarb flying around at the moment. And we're tweaking our menus to accommodate that. So there's a lot of rhubarb scones uh, being developed or uh, being uh, baked at the moment. There's a lot of rhubarb, rhubarb compote being made that we can use in other, uh, in other menu items. We try and use the local markets so that um, we're not, uh, you know, we haven't got delivery trucks coming to us but there's only at the moment in terms of the bigger suppliers the difficulty i think we feel as a small business is that you don't as an individual you don't have that weight to be able to influence them you can you can register your concerns and you'll get the polite replies but actually you wonder how much of an impact you're 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 making to them i would say that you pro by registering your concerns you're probably making more of an impact than you think we've put on we put an event on recently, uh, it was a film night, and we had a guy talking at it, and he, it was really interesting, he said, the best thing that you can do after tonight is write to your bank and ask them what they um, invest in, 
and do they invest in fossil fuels and if so why because okay. well, they're, they're, they were bank they were actually a banker and what they were saying was by asking questions that's how we start to solve a problem if no one asks anything and we are the customer of those and you're a customer of those suppliers so even though you say you're a small you're only a small you know supply um cafe bistro if lots and lots and lots of small cafe bistros all say to the same supplier actually we want you to change then they're probably more likely to aren't they yeah absolutely i think you know and that's it you know we we, we fired those and as i say we get you get the polite replies but i think it's getting the time <laughs> to follow up on those and just saying right you know so so what what about it what are you doing uh what can you do um and equally, if they if they're then because obviously you know there are wholesales wholesalers and there are manufacturers. Uh, if they're then having to ask those questions further down the line, um, ultimately, um, you know, um, we would hope that, that that message is getting through. We want to be in a position where we can say to our customers, when our our customers are coming in, what are you doing about this? We can say we're doing what we think is within our power uh, and everything. That we can, so we want to make sure we've we've addressed as many areas as we possibly can, you know. And that's why I I, th- I also think people like you know Matthew and uh, with his his wider knowledge and skill set come in. Matthew's is able to start to to pull like-minded businesses together and actually start to build uh, you know a little bit of a, a force multiplier, if you will, you know, where you can get three or four people who are using the same suppliers. To say, you know, to, to say, well, look, you know, we know so and so has written to them. How about you getting onto them as well? You know? mm. And I mean, Matthew and I were chatting a couple of weeks ago, and to to bring you in, Matthew, I mean, you've got a, a very different background that I usually come across in this industry, whereas mm. you were a GP. Uh, yes. Therefore, you dealt with people, and you didn't just deal with people regularly. You've you had a what? A GP has to see someone every seven minutes. Um, yes, every <laughs> So and therefore, you really do you do know people because you do have to get to the crux of it in such a short amount of time. <laughs> but it's also, I think, trying to persuade people to change their lifestyle so that you know we get a lot of people who you know smoke or drink or. Uh, dietary um, needs are different. And so part of it is, as a GP, trying to say to people, look, actually, it, you, there are some better things that you can do than this. Um, and they may be quite resistant to change some of them, but it's trying to find the different hooks that different people or different businesses or different customers need to have to be able to say, actually, yes, I can see some benefits in doing this. It may take a bit more time and effort, but actually I'm going to look at less heart disease, I'm going to produce less waste, I'm going to lower my um, environmental impact. I'm going to improve my diabetes. So actually, I see a lot of these things as overlapping each other. And it's just trying to find the right ways to motivate uh, different people with, uh, with different factors. Do you think it has helped um, having the background you've got doing what you do now? Um, I do, because I think that it, it's given me sort of you know, 20 years of experience of being able to talk to anybody and everybody um, and understanding that each of us have got different motivations and different things that are going to um, float our boat or get us to change. Um, And so, yeah, I think that uh, without having that sort of um, person-centred focus, I I think that you'd miss out on quite a lot. 
the advantage now is that I get much more than 10 minutes per person. And so actually you can delve into <laughs> the issues and, uh, and, the, and the problems and actually ask further questions and further questions until you get to the absolute bottom. The reason that I do do this or I don't do this is because of reason X. Um, and I think that it's having that, that time to be able to explore the, uh, the barriers from each individual and each individual business that's, that's essential. And Nigel, what would you say your biggest struggle has been so far with with what you're trying to achieve and and if you could let us know how you've overcome it um i i think my biggest uh, struggle is, is 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 knowledge specific knowledge to this uh, what i would view as an embryonic sort of uh, uh, uh topic a subject area but but i'm fully aware it you know it's not is is my own personal knowledge my own personal awareness of what else I can do um, to continue? And again, I'm coming at this from a a business angle, but b uh, I'm you know the the the, the knock on is the, the very comfortable feeling that you're getting that you're doing your bit. But um, what I can do that will ultimately help my bottom line, but ultimately also uh, has a, a, a positive environmental impact. Um, the difficulty I find with gaining this knowledge, and uh, there's, there's so much information out there, is and I, uh, it's knowledge that is specific to my my area and my industry. So I want to know what other restaurants, other cafes, other bars uh, have done and are doing, uh, because there'll be something there that I'll, you know, and I'm looking for best practice, something there that I'll go, that's a cracking idea. Why, why we can do that? Yeah. Um, so, but it. To gain that knowledge and, and spend that is time that I'm. If I'm doing that on there, I'm not doing. I'm not working on on, on other areas of, of, of the business that I could be doing. Um, however, what I try and reconcile with myself is um, that if ultimately spending time on that will result on a, a, a better bottom line and a smoother operation, um, then actually that's good time invested in in, in your business. And I think. Uh, that's what I'm constantly trying to do now is is make sure that the time I I spend on this is is um, not just about being uh, environmentally correct, but it's also having a positive impact on my business, uh, so that we get a win-win on on, on you know on both sides of those uh, of that argument. If I could just interject, my granddad always told me that you can only do the best that you can with the knowledge and skills that you have at that time, and I think that. Um, people do the best that they can at that moment until they learn a different way or some new information. And suddenly they go, what? but that's obvious. Why didn't I do that before? And it's that um, making sure that you don't beat yourself up because you didn't know what you didn't know. Yeah. But it's only being able to make those changes after you've found out that bit of information. Um, fortunately, we're putting together um, a pack precisely for... Um, sort of catering and um, hospitality uh, businesses to try and help give that um, information and the practical advice, um, such as, you know, joining up with a local uh, compost buddy scheme or or many other sort of um, initiatives that, that small and medium-sized cafes and restaurants and bistros can then put into practice themselves. And that'll be coming out a bit later on this year. Oh, brilliant! And will you and we'll we'll definitely link to that on um, our website. But how will people find out about that? 
Um, there's going to be all sorts of different ways. So one of the things that we're hoping to, or we will be doing, are sort of industry sector specific training uh, sessions. Now, whether these are going to be face-to-face or, or online, it partly depends on the take-up, but will be sort of 30 or 60 minutes, um, or if it's face-to-face, sort of a couple of hours of um, background information, um, training and, uh, and, and education and knowledge so that people can then go back to their businesses and actually start to implement um, the stuff that they've learned so that to go with sort of, you know, the up-to-date and current uh, thinking. There's a lot of uh, information, particularly on um, the Sustainable Development Goal 12.3 under uh, Champions 12.3, where there's the research starting to be published about what businesses have done across particularly Western Europe and America in the re- in the catering sector to, to address some of these um, these issues. So one example is having a kitchen audit so that before something gets put in the bin, it is um, listed so that actually you know what's gone into that bin. So what proportion of it is food that's come back from the tables, what proportion of it is um, the inedible food waste, so the ends of uh, cucumbers or um, from tomato plants or banana peels, etc. How much of it is food that has been around for three days and therefore from a, a food safety point of view has to be disposed of. And that then has knock-on effects on sort of portion size, portion control, how things are presented. So having sort of a three-day kitchen audit can actually help businesses in the catering sector to recognise where their waste is coming from and then put things into place to try and start tackling that. Brilliant. That sounds, um, that sounds really, really good. I look forward to hearing more about that. What would be one piece of advice that either both of you could give to people um, listening to this podcast? I think from my point of view, um, I, I would quite simply say, don't overthink it. Just start doing something. Um, and, 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 and just to quickly recap, after my, my afternoon conversation with Matthew a couple of months ago, um, we did a quick sort of back of an envelope audit of our, our waste. What do we throw away? What don't we need to throw away? How can we do this? What do we need to do to uh, put something in place? We actually happened to have all the facilities to do it. We had a little bit of space. Uh, We had a few spare plastic bins lying around. We said, right, label them up. Let's put, and just start doing something small uh, that makes a difference because out of that, you will, you will, bigger things will roll, uh, and very quickly you'll start to think about other areas. Um, but the the number one thing that's got to happen with this is once, uh, as, as an owner, um, you've got to show commitment, uh, and you can you can show commitment for the first week, and that's great. You've got to show it for the first month, but the first day that you lose interest in it, uh, everybody else who works for you loses interest. So you've got to maintain that energy and that commitment and that enthusiasm uh, for it until it becomes uh, a, a, an automatic way of working. Hmm. I think that from my point of view, um, the businesses that I speak to, um, the knowledge and education, there is definitely a gap there and it's working out the best way for businesses to sign up to the right newsletters or the right uh, information giving forums of whatever description that is whether that's sort of you know to our breakfast training course or, or an online course and it's and it's having that uh, that baseline of actually I know what we need to do and then the practical advice of actually how to do it I think that staff engagement is absolutely vital across all businesses because it's the staff that actually do the work um, and if 
uh, things need to change from um, a waste segregation or waste disposal point of view. Actually, it's the staff that need the, uh, the motivation and the enthusiasm to do that. Um, I think that leadership from the front is absolutely vital. There are many uh, initiatives that fail because the, um, the head of the company or, or the owner of the business, exactly as Nigel says, just loses interest and all of the other um, the cards fall as well at that point um, and, 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 and initiatives fail because of that. Mm. Um, so I've got to miss it that uh, as uh, opportunities for, for businesses to become increasingly aware uh, sort of start to um, multiply that actually we can get sort of a bit of a snowball effect and, and businesses joining with other businesses and passing on good practice. I think it's also recognising that the competition is not necessarily the cafe or restaurant next door. It's um, you're fighting against yourself if you keep throwing things away. If you keep burning your money and putting it into a bin, actually, your battle is with you, not with the neighbour. Yeah. Okay. And when it comes to reducing the environmental impact and carbon footprints of your business, what would you say your biggest challenge or frustration is? Apart from, as I, I'd already covered, apart yeah. from not being fully aware of yeah. all the opportunities. So more, more around the whole environmental impact and carbon footprint. Uh, would you say there's been frustration around that? or has think, it been? I think, yeah, I think about, you know, not being able to source as much as I would like to locally. Um, as I, as I'm, I'm sat here talking to you about the corner of my eye are, our food delivery vans going past uh, here. When I, you know, we happen to live in a fantastic part of the UK uh, with a terrific provenance of, uh, of, 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 you know, of, of local food products. Um, but being driven sometimes by the bottom line, I'll be perfectly honest. You've got to sometimes you've got to look at that bottom line and go, sure, I can buy that locally, but it's going to cost me five times as much. Uh, and therefore, it's those sort of factors that drive you to to uh, pull that from further away because they they you know maybe these bigger businesses have got those economies of scale that can uh, can can uh, sort of blind you a little bit with the uh, uh, with the bottom line. So I think I'm mostly frustrated in that I can't source as much as I would like to uh, as locally as a, uh, uh, as I can. Um, so, is there any advice? Or anything you can share with us listening to um, listening to the podcast. For me personally, I would say um, if the environmental benefits are not uh, are not triggering you, think about the bottom line, the financial benefits. Because as a business, we're all there to make a, a, a uh, hopefully a profit. We've got to be, be able to pay those bills. And if you can find ways, because for me, it's a no-brainer. And again, Matthew sold, sold it very quickly to me. He was able to demonstrate to me, look, you know, you can half your waste bill just by doing, uh, by doing this very simple, you know, taking these very simple steps. Um, so I would say to anybody who's considering this uh, or considering taking some activity, um, there are financial benefits to your business. This is not uh, a cost to you. Uh, this is a massive saving uh, to you in terms of your bottom line. It's money that you're not, paying out to waste collection or, or, or whatever your your methods of uh, disposal are. So keep that at the forefront uh, of your mind and, and it'll help drive uh, drive you along. And good 
um, relationship building with your customers as well, by the sounds of it, coming to pick up the coffee granules and um, being able to, yeah. you know, you're helping them more as well. Well, that's right. You know, you get a good, a warm feeling for, 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 with all that that's happening, you know. Uh, and so it keeps you engaged with them. It gives you another reason to have a conversation with them. You know, mm. you, you've got to moderate how you, you don't want to sort of saturate your social media profile with all of this. But at the same time, you've got to let people know what those opportunities are. And I would hope that fellow cafe owners in my town would would pick up that particular baton. And also, I mean, my uh, my little vision, if you would, would be that our small market town that has about four or five cafes in, you could go into any one of them and pick up coffee grounds for your garden. You know, if, if a small town in Big L in North Yorkshire can achieve that, that would be terrific. Uh, just one, one little step. But what it does do is it leads on to bigger and better things. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for both of you being on this podcast today and sharing your knowledge and experience of how to reduce your environmental impacts in the um, Cafe Bistro institution. Where can we learn more about you? And all the links will be on our website. Uh, where can we find you? What can we, you know, where, where can we learn more? Sure. I mean, we... As I, as I alluded to, we do a lot on social media. So we're on we're on Facebook. Just Facebook in, uh, or, or search Facebook for Institution Cafe. We'll we'll pop up uh, there. We're very uh, we're very loud and vocal on that. Uh, our website is uh, thisisinstitution.co.uk, um, and we you know all the links through to our social media pages are on there as well. Brilliant. And Matthew. And for me, so I'm available um, either through LinkedIn. Uh, if you search either Matthew Sawyer or C Sustainability, that's S E E Sustainability, or the web address is www.csustainability.co.uk. Brilliant. Thank you both very much. Um, I've really enjoyed our talk. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening. We created this podcast for you. So we'd really appreciate any feedback you want to give us. You can do that by rating and reviewing on your favourite podcast or for iTunes, visit www.greenelement.co.uk forward slash apple. If you'd like to keep in touch, then we invite you to join our free Facebook community, which is everything to do with sustainable and ethical business. Lots of daily conversations, themes and great ideas. A really great place to work and network with like-minded individuals. If you open Facebook and search for The Green Element, hit the group search function, we will let you right in. All of the show notes, any links, any references to the, on this podcast will be featured on our website, greenelement.co.uk. As a special thank you for listening, please head over to www.greenelement.co.uk forward slash podcast 2018 and you can pick up a free guide on how to green up and environmentalise your business or organisation. That's greenelement.co.uk forward slash podcast 2018.